Welcome to the Canicuck Institute podcast, where we continue to equip leaders with biblical skills for a lifetime of ministry. And welcome back into the Canicuck Institute podcast with you, as always, is Keith Chancy and Chad Hamps. We are excited to uh, jump into a fun topic today, talking about the topic of friendship. And uh, Keith, obviously in today's world, uh, as we talk with kids, with college students, even with adults, like friendship is a hard thing. Ooh, isn't it ever? It, it's so challenging. Yep. And um, and so we're going to dive into the book of James here in a minute yeah. and talk what he has to to share with us about friendship. But uh, you you wrote a little something that you want, kind of wanted to share with everybody. Yeah, about I, think, that. I think I think I I received a poem a long time ago, all the way back to college, and I'll never forget that it was. It's an unknown author. It was a poem that I went, "You've got to be kidding me!" This absolutely said what I was thinking about friendships. I wish I could have written this. Mm. It was amazing. Here, I'll go ahead and read it to you because I think it's pretty fun to hear. And what it is, it's a it's a poem that as I read it. It's not all the way theologically right, so I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. But what it does is it makes me have a really uh, regretful feeling of friendships I haven't done right. That's good. And so I go, man, do I ever want friendships to be right? And as I read this, I go, dude, this is a well-said poem. And here's it's entitled, My Friend. And I, I kind of gave it a second part, My Friend with Regrets. Okay. Okay? So, my friend, I stand in earthly judgment now. And feel that, my friend, you are the blame somehow. On earth I walked with you day by day, and never did you, my friend, point the way. You knew the Lord in truth and glory, but never did you tell me the story. My knowledge then was very dim. You could have risked it all and led me to Him. Though we lived together on earth, you never told me of the second birth. And now I stand this day condemned because you failed to mention Him. You taught me many things that's true. I called you friend and I trusted you. But I learn now that it's too late. You could have saved me from this fate. Yes, we walked by day and we talked by night, and yet you never showed me the light. You let me live and love and die. You knew I'd never live on high. Yes, I called you friend in life and laughed with you through joy and strife. And yet I'm now coming to the end. I cannot now call you my friend. Hmm. Wow. I mean, that is a brutally honest yeah. uh, poem. That I think says a lot. Yeah. Now, we also understand that God's in control of all this. But there's nothing worse in my world that I feel a regret that I wish I would have said something that I didn't say. Yeah. And so I think that's where I stand a lot of, uh, with friendships. Yeah. Is I, go, I wish I would have said something. You know, as I get older, what I keep noticing is that my friends are dying. Yeah. You know, guys on my football team, you know, several of them over the last couple of years have died that I played college football with. Why? Because we're getting older. Here's the thing. When you look back over your life, what you want to be able to say is, I did everything I could to live life without a regret because I shared with that person that I call friend, the greatest friend, Jesus. Yeah, that's good. And as you know, part of my story for sure uh, was losing a friend when I was a senior in high school and and the regret that came mm. from that. So this is a timely message for all of us, mm-hmm. whether we're losing people at a young age or an mm-hmm. old age. So, mm-hmm. well, thankfully, James gives us some wisdom, some really good wisdom on how we navigate this deal of friendship. So we're mm-hmm. just going to walk through a text yeah, this morning. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, if, you're, if you're listening along, we're in James chapter 2, and we're just going to start in verse 1 and uh, walk through a couple verses that, that James shares practical wisdom. Let me read just a portion of uh, verse 1 here, and then yeah. Keith and I will break it down. 
It says this, My brethren, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. Mm. So Keith, talk to us about that personal favoritism piece. You know, that's I think that's one of the hardest things that we, I don't know, we've grown up and somehow... We like some people and we don't like others. I mean, it's, it's just the way it is. Maybe somebody dresses a certain way and we, like, we identify more with that person than we do with this person. Maybe I'm a, uh, a football player and maybe that person's a cheerleader. And we've made distinctions. You know, right or wrong, we've made distinctions. And what James is saying is, guys, we want to be very careful here that you don't have personal favoritism, that you appreciate this person more than this person. James is saying, I want to show you what pure evangelism looks like. I want to show you what real friendship looks like. Because when you take the, that guy's an athlete or that guy's a non-athlete, and you say, you know what, it doesn't matter. I just want to love them for their heart. I want to be a friend. A lot of people in today's world, Chad, they look at me and they go, Chanty, you have such great friends. And I do. I have very long-term friends over 40 years plus of friendships that I've got. And these guys that I'm very, very dear friends with, it's amazing that our friendships, uh, each one of us are uniquely different in the Lord. Our gifts are different. The things that we did growing up were different. But the one thing that we had in common was Christ. And when I understood that my commonality with people is not that I'm, uh, you know, I just want to be around people that are like me, but I want, to, I, want to, I want to get into people's world and find out about them. What's your fear? What's your pain? Because when you begin to cross over those boundaries and you begin to be intentional in asking people about their life, you're going to find out that you have a whole lot more in common than we ever dreamed imaginable. It was more than a sports person. It was more than uh, something that they, uh, they're a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or a coach. You're going, it doesn't matter what they do with a career. It's about what they do with their heart. That, that's really good. So the James kind of explains uh-huh. it with a, with an illustration. Uh, I won't read the whole text, yeah. but basically he's saying you got a rich man, you got a poor man. The rich man comes in and you're doing backflips, yeah. right, to yeah. to take care of him, and you treat the poor man essentially with disdain. So let's use that illustration. Sure. How do how do we flesh that out in our world where where we knowingly or maybe even subconsciously make distinctions? We show people favoritism yeah. because of what they can give us. Yeah. Like, how do we it's do It's interesting that? that we do that because what we'll do is we'll look at somebody that walks in and, they're, and they've got their gold ring, really nice watch, clothes. They're wearing Lulu, whatever that they're wearing. And, and all of a sudden we go, we've made distinctions. We go, well, I like them based on what they're wearing. The problem with that is um, we want to be liked by somebody because of what they wear or their financial status. Mm. And what happens there is that it's almost as if we're afraid of losing that person that we never really had a relationship with in the first place. And so we do anything to try to hold on to that relationship we, we've never had because we want to fit into their world. Hmm. And so we're going, if I could just fit into that world, you know, I would, be, I would feel better about myself. And the problem is you'll never feel better about yourself because you're trying to fit into someone else's world. You'll only feel better about yourself when you fit into God's world. And when you start loving people the way Philippians, what Paul says in Philippians 2, and that's where I think that, you know, this James passage in Philippians 2 are so important. When I see others more important than myself, it's an amazing thing of how my friendships are different. Yeah. And, and James in verse 5 kind of yes. hits, he gets there. He says, listen, 
My beloved brethren, did not God choose the poor of the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who mm. love him? So James goes, hey, in case you're thinking the wrong way, in case yeah. you're thinking about favoritism, yeah. let, let me throw you a curveball here. <laughs> like, yeah. let me change your perspective. Yeah. What, is he, what is he trying to help us see ab- ab- about faith, about yeah. God's plan for salvation, uh, and, and specifically the sin of favoritism? Oh, you know, well... Think of how odorous favoritism is. I mean, you've grown up your whole life, and what did you dislike in elementary school? You disliked that you might be the last kid picked in a mm-hmm. game, you know? Uh, and you disliked that uh, you weren't asked to go to a party on a Friday night. There was so much pain that was involved in your elementary, junior high, high school life based upon that one word, favoritism. There was distinctions. There was this feeling of, I don't fit in, and if I was prettier, or if I was more handsome, or if I was richer, or if I drove the right car, and so everything distorts our value system, and along that value system that, that's distorted, it creates an insecurity in me that the only way I want to be liked is to be better, mm. and 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 spiritually, that's not it at all. Yeah. That I need to be secure in who I am in Christ. Yeah. You know, so it's interesting that we think somehow, some way, that if I just fit in this group, that I'll be happier. Happiness is not about fitting in. Happiness is standing out. Yeah, and, and doesn't that breed for, especially for our young people, that achiever mentality, right? Yeah. Like, if I'm valuable because I have things or because I've achieved these things, then then my value will only increase if I'm more successful. If I'm and so then we see these kids come to camp, right? And they're, yeah. they're achieve, 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 achieve. Yeah. And then they, they realize it's just empty. Yeah. There, there's nothing. So what would you say to the person that is trying to, to earn friendship yeah. through all of the things that they're succeeding in, at least in their mind? I like how you said that, that they're trying to earn a friendship. Because if you're trying to earn a friendship, you're never probably going to have it. Yeah. You know, the way you earn something is... is it's not by being something other than who you are. If I'm trying to be different to earn something from you, I'm not, I'm not me. Yeah. And I, I like what Colossians 3.23 says, because it says it so well. And Paul did such a masterful job in saying this. In whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord and not for man. So I'm not trying to please you, Chad. I'm trying to please the Lord. And by pleasing the Lord, I'm going to be more desirable probably for the people that I'm wanting to maybe so-called impress, because I'm not trying to impress them. That's good. When you stop trying to impress people, you're going to be more likable. And I think that's why Philippians uh, 2 is so good, because, you know, Paul is just making sure that we understand, you know, see others as more important. When I see you as important, I'm going to ask you things about yourself. I'm going to want to, hey, let's go to your house. Hey, tell me about your parents. That's good. You know, what's your dog's name? Yeah. You're going to be interested in my world, and I'm going to immediately like you more because you're interested in me. Yeah. So it's not all about, it, it's not me monster, right? No. It's not the person that's constantly, no. this is what's going on with me, but it's, uh, as Romans 12 says, like, do not think of yourself more highly than yes. you ought, but, but with sober judgment or with humility, mm. make others more important. When you regard others more important, you've done a masterful thing. Because you've, you've gotten a friend. Yeah. And so many people are lonely in today's world. 
and they're going, why am I so lonely? Yeah. And we go, well, you've made distinctions. Yeah. You aren't seeing others as important. Yeah. You're seeing yourself less important because you don't have what they have. Mm. And if I can see myself as important the way God made me, I'm fearfully, I'm wonderfully made by the hands of God, and my soul should know it very, very well that I am unique. I don't need to look like others. I don't need to dress like others. Uh, people that know me, they go, Chancy, you've always got like green fluorescent shorts on or, you know, an orange shirt. You just dress. And I go, you know what? I dress uniquely, but I'm not trying to get your attention. And see, when you stop trying to get attention, you gain attention. Yeah. When you're secure in who you are. Yeah. I'll never forget. There was a kid at camp one time, and this has been many, many years ago. And he came and he, he was talking about how that uh, this last year at school, he went to a very affluent high school. and and uh, his parents were very, very fluent. And uh, his mom had bought him all these clothes. And he said, Mom, I don't really like wearing those clothes. He said, I don't feel like that's who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he said, could I take them back? And she said, of course. She said, well, you know, I, I just was wanting to buy you some nice things. And he said, well, I think you're buying things based on who you want me to look like, but not who I am. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, what a mature young man. And so he took all the clothes back. And I don't know, you know how many dollars it was, but he went to a thrift store and he bought thrift clothes. And the next week he's at school. And this is way before the thrift stores were thrift stores. And it was almost, he said, almost as if so many kids at school changed what they were wearing and started going to the thrift store because they were tired of keeping up this image. And when he broke the norm, and went out and wasn't afraid of what anyone else thought, everybody wanted to be like that. Isn't that interesting? That's really good. And I thought, my gosh, why are more kids like that? And it's because this one, we're insecure. Yeah. We want to fit in rather than stand out. Yeah, we're so desperate to fit in that we'll do anything. And we think that those are friends, and they're not friends. Yeah. So uh, as we close our time here, just kind of summarize what if we were to take you know one or two sentences that says this is what James is teaching us about friendships, what would you say? Well, I think that James would want to make sure that you understand. Quit trying to make distinctions and saying I'm going to like these people and not these people. You know, go sit at a table, whether you're an adult or a high school junior high kid, whoever's listening to this podcast, and you go, you know what? I can choose where I sit at for lunch, and I can choose who I engage. I don't always have to choose just the people that are comfortable. There was a girl that was so involved in my life as a college freshman. Her name was Pam. And she told me one day, she said, Chancy, aren't you a Christian? I said, yes. She says, then why don't you act like it? <laughs> and she says, you sit at a table with those football players. And she identified me as a football player. She says, and you act just like them every day. And I, I'd never thought about that. Yeah. I didn't even know that I was acting like a football player. What she was saying is you're acting like a jerk. Because what I wasn't doing is I wasn't being friendly to other people. I wasn't opening my Bible. I wasn't praying before the meal. She said, you're not acting the way that I know that you want to act. You're becoming who everybody's making you become. And I went, Pam, that is amazing. And she said, I'm just going to ask you to do me a favor. Why don't you start asking people to go sit with you and have a cup of coffee with them? This is way before Starbucks or anything. And I started asking people that were not uh, like me. No distinctions, no gold rings, no certain ways that he lived or, or athletics. I'm just going, whether it be the musical person, whether it be the, the brainiac, 
whoever it was, I just started sitting with people and asking them about their family. And Chad, I'm going to tell you something. It changed my life. Hmm. Because no longer was I making distinctions. I was making friends and loving people and accepting them for who they are, whether they're lost, did not matter. Because people didn't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's good. And boy, that's when it became different for me. That's so good. And, And just a great reminder that no matter what age we're in, whatever season of life we're in, it's never too late to step up, to step out, to reach out to those around us and find out what's really going on in the inside. And regardless of what they look like, their station in life, we are called as ministers of the gospel uh, to go out and to make a difference in the world and to know those people and their hearts because they're they're created in the image of God as well. Isn't it it great? It is. And I'll just close with this last little thing because I just think of Jesus. Where did you usually find him? Touching the leper, healing the lame, with the woman caught in the act of adultery, with the woman at the well. You go, he was always, and then the, and the disciples, all outcasts, yeah. you know, fishermen. Yeah. And yet it seemed like he was always there, not making distinctions, but always bringing them to the revelation of Jesus Christ and what he was going to do. That's amazing. good. Thank, thank you for that last word. And uh, we're so thankful you're listening to the Canica Institute podcast. Thanks again for joining us. We'll catch you next time. 